0: You're listening to Boston Needs to Know on WBCA 102.9 FM, a show highlighting local Boston news.
1: On April 14th, a groundbreaking ceremony took place for the renovation of piers at Coast Guard Base Boston in preparation for the arrival of six new fast response cutters. The Coast Guard is implementing a $35 million recapitalization of facilities at Base Boston and the upcoming arrival of the six new cutters at a cost of $380 million. The fast response cutters are replacing the Legacy Island-class patrol boats and will be keeping watch over the first Coast Guard district from New York City to the Canadian border. The missions of these cutters include search and rescue, fisheries law enforcement, drug and migrant interdiction, and Port, Waterways and Coastal Security National Defense. The Coast Guard will add 222 Coast Guard members at the Boston base to crew
2: and maintain the new cutters. We're bringing in six brand new uh, fast response cutters that will be stationed here in the Port of Boston. So that will help us with uh, you know rescue operations uh, for, for you know casual recreational boaters uh, it'll protect the fishing fleet uh, and our territorial waters uh, it'll also do drug interdiction when necessary and the range of these cutters is about eight hours so they can basically go out eight hours and, and then back so uh, they've got a tremendous range the speed of these vessels is, is uh, an order of magnitude faster than what we've got right now. Uh, And it also brings an additional 220 personnel here, uh, 220 new sailors who will be stationed here on board those cutters and uh, that's in addition to the 500 that are here already. So this is a big deal and all of that requires a a central headquarters, uh, an operations center, which we're building here that'll be able to accommodate those six high-speed cutters because they'll be in and out but the the new technology will make them so much more uh, effective and efficient in in serving the American people.
3: We're talking back in the 1700s about a sailing vessel, Um, but the reason it was called a cutter was because the speed with which it moved through the water and the agility that it had based on the way it was designed and the way it was operated. The cutters that are gonna end up here obviously aren't powered by the wind anymore, but they come with the same skills, capabilities that the previous cutters had, which is they are fast, maneuverable, and really important vessels, especially when you're thinking about the role the Coast Cutter often plays in water rescue. And I think in some respects, uh, for us here in Massachusetts, this decision by the Coast Guard to make a big investment in the future of the Coast Guard's presence here in in the city of Boston and in the Commonwealth is a great statement about the men and women who are part of this organization here and about the faith that the people in D.C. have uh, with the people here in Massachusetts.
4: This decision to recapitalize Base Boston, to invest $35 million in creating 200 personnel positions, six new fast response, six new cutters over a number of years, will generate an estimated impact of $45 million annually on our local economy. The decision to lift up Boston as a key partner and to continue a relationship that goes back centuries is incredibly important to us here. We are grateful for all that you do, the changing ways in which you are doing this job with climate change, with our coastal city continuing to evolve in that way. And most of all, just wanted to reflect our gratitude for your service, for your investment, and for the future that we'll be able to share together.
1: On April 16th, the cherry blossom trees were in full bloom and the iconic swan boats were once again gliding through the tranquil waters of the Boston Public Garden Lagoon, ushering in another spring in Boston. 2022 marks the 145th season for the swan boats. A major tourist attraction and a universal symbol of Boston and its public garden. Launched in 1877 by Irish immigrant and shipbuilder Robert Paget, the swan boats continue to be owned and operated by the Paget family. The design for these boats came after Mr. Paget attended the opera Lohengrin. At the end of the opera, the hero crosses the river in a boat drawn by a swan, and a tradition was born. This annual rite of spring did not take place in 2020 because of COVID, but the tradition resumed in 2021. The oldest swan boat has been floating through the waters of Boston's Public Garden Lagoon since 1910.
5: The swan boats were started by my great-grandparents, Robert and Julia Padgett, then my grandparents, and then my parents. And the idea for tradition, for us, means that we try to maintain the integrity of the business as it was created in 1877. So the boats are all made from the same materials, which includes oak, iron, copper, brass. We really don't change anything, because I think the reason that people believe this experience is so special is that it's the same for them now as it was for them many generations before which means we could have a grandfather who comes in with a granddaughter and he had the same experience when he was a grandchild and we think that that's pretty important nowadays
6: well I think tradition you know is like a very important thing you know it's a connection to the past you can kind of teach kids about how you know, uh... generations of people before them have been taking care of a place uh, like the Boston Public Gardens um, and you know you see the swan boats um, and a tradition like this that's been, you know, going on for such a long time, and uh, makes you have a sense of pride in the city, and um, helps kids to learn, you know, what how important it is to take care of your community.
1: So thrilled to be here ushering in spring with the swan boats today. It's been 145 years. Um, We've had the pageant family uh, running this in the lake and it just, you know, I think it means so much to residents and visitors alike. It really symbolizes Boston. Um, And we're hoping that, you know, with this we're we're really moving out of the phase in the pandemic where we had to close these for the first time ever um, and instead getting to welcome people from near and far. I grew up riding these swan boats uh, every spring and uh, thrilled to do it again now as the counselor.
0: It was a beautiful day in Chinatown for this year's Earth Day. Mayor Michelle Wu hosted a special Earth Day celebration with the Rose Kennedy Greenway at the Auntie Kay and Uncle Frank Chin Park. It was a fun day for all, including games, music, and an urgent message from the mayor for immediate steps to climate action. Chinatown faces its fair share of environmental challenges, including having the highest air pollution rate of any city in the state. Mayor Wu hopes to make headway with her announcement of Heat Resilient Solutions for Boston and a task force to address the climate changes affecting Boston and its Chinatown residents.
4: Today we're releasing a new document and roadmap called Heat Resilient Solutions for Boston. This is a plan to prepare Boston for hotter summers and more incidents of intense heat. It prioritizes five environmental justice communities, Chinatown, Dorchester, East Boston, Mattapan and Roxbury, all of which are hot spots for extreme heat in Boston. We are also launching the Extreme Temperatures Response Task Force to support implementation of this plan and coordinate across departments and levels of government to address chronic high temperatures. We want to not
5: just create streets and do one thing going with public works and another thing going with the the tree teams and another thing going um, with transportation. We want to do the work all together. We want to build the kinds of streets that protect people and make them safe. That work is a deep partnership with the streets cabinet, which is another important partner who's been active in this heat plan. There's $20 million for a nation leading pilot for energy retrofits and triple-deckers and other multi-family homes. And so this will be a real opportunity to help those of us who live in the housing that has characterized the nature of our neighborhoods, but really figure out how we incorporate more safety. And finally, $137 million to create and protect parks, our tree canopy and open spaces in the city of Boston. These are all key tools. Nature is our best tool, both for limiting heat and increasing quality of life for all Boston residents.
3: Earth Day is not a partisan issue. It's fundamentally a human issue. When you think about its origins in the 1970s and how it was founded, you know, they weren't worried about party. They were worried about collective action. We need to take care of the place that is our home.
0: Earth Day is an important day
1: for people to come together and think about what your own relationship to our environment is. It's a day of celebration and togetherness, as we remember everything that our natural environment brings to us, but it's also a reminder that we need to take action in order to reduce greenhouse gas emissions and prepare for the impacts of climate change, as well as take care of our natural environment,
0: because it's the only one we have. Keep it in the
5: ground. Keep it. In-
0: Extinction Rebellion took over Copley Square Green for the Freedom from Fossils Fuels tour on Earth Day. Climate activists of all ages blazed a trail from Copley to the State House. They demanded the government act now on its transition to renewable energy. The Boston chapter is just one in many in Extinction Rebellion's global mass mobilization in 86 countries. Activists made stops at climate criminal locations including Eversource, Ropes and Grey, and Bank of America. The evening of unrest culminated with a die-in and disobedience where activists danced their discontent to highlight the climate emergency.
6: Fossil fuels are creating a climate catastrophe. It is starting now, uh, and it will get worse over the next coming decades. And the primary cause of a climate catastrophe is the burning of fossil fuels and the putting of carbon dioxide and methane into our atmosphere. It warms the planet, but it also creates climate conditions that are unpredictable and very extreme and put a lot of countries and people at risk of um, destabilization, of uh, death and 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 heat waves and disasters that we have not seen the likes of today.
1: We face a real crisis if we don't act now to limit the fossil fuel that we're pumping into our cars and into our airplanes. We're looking at exceeding 1.5 1.5 degrees Celsius in terms of the global temperature. Here in the Northeast, we're looking at even higher temperatures and higher sea level rise as a result of those higher temperatures. We, we have a lot to lose if we don't act now in terms of loss of habitats, more flooding and um, fires out in the West, uh, droughts and we just, we can't afford to wait.
6: Even in the last five years, we've seen things that no scientist had been predicting, or at least the scientific consensus had not been predicting. Things like the wildfires out in California that people already somehow are thinking of as normal. We've had all of the top 10 hurricane seasons have been since 1995, with most of them being in the last seven years. We've been seeing parts of the Antarctic shelf breaking that scientists thought would be stable for decades to come. That's all happening right now temperatures in the Arctic are hitting 115 degrees Fahrenheit now we're on track to lose all of the North Pole all of the Arctic Circle to melt in the next five to seven years these are things that no scientist is predicting so yes we're gonna continue to see those new and unexpected things happening that's gonna start escalating to drought and food insecurity in a lot of places over the next 10 years if we don't turn things off right now
4: we need to turn uh, this around very quickly because we have more years supposedly, according to the scientists, uh, to reach peak fossil fuel usage, um, and at this point, we're still building fossil fuel infrastructure and starting new drilling. I mean, it's insanity, um, and we need to be drawing down and we are ramping up. So, um, I feel as a mother and as a human, um, I feel a, a, a terrible urgency to do something about this every day uh, and, and to try to get our voice heard and to try to. Um, try to use the power that I have to, to try to be heard and make some kind of difference.